0: welcome to the surviving second gen podcast where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in america i'm your host jennifer ipolit a haitian american child of two immigrant parents as well as a licensed mental health counselor My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. All right, all right. Welcome to episode six of the Surviving Second Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer. And today we're going to talk about an important topic, a topic that I feel like is intertwined with all the episodes that we're talking about. Um, And uh, we can really talk about this all day. But um, I really wanted to touch on intergenerational trauma because I really do feel and believe that it affects um, it affects immigrant families so heavily. And it's something that's almost like the silent thing in the room. Like it's there, but people don't address it. Maybe because they don't know that it's happening. They don't know how to address it. They're not sure what it is. And um, it's time to address it. So that's why we're going to talk about it today. Because like I said, I think it's interwoven into all the topics that we're talking about when we're talking about second generation Um, immigrants when we're talking about immigrant families intergenerational trauma is a huge piece of it when you know you think about trauma sometimes you think like well you know I haven't had some kind of abusive traumatic thing happen to me in my life so what is this trauma thing like you know how does trauma affect me if I haven't been abused or neglected um, and But that's the thing about intergenerational trauma. So it's not about you specifically going through something and you being affected by it. It's, it's generations before you going through something and passing it down to you. So that's what intergenerational trauma is. It's essentially what happens when certain experiences and events happen within a generation and they get passed out to another generation. Generation. I feel like intergenerational trauma happens heavily in immigrant households because of culture. And the culture is an easy way for the trauma to get passed down from one generation to another. So the trauma is woven into the culture. And because we're passing down the culture, we're also passing down that trauma. So that's why. It's important to talk about it because if we're going to carry the culture, um, we don't always have to carry the things that uh, bring trauma with bringing the culture, if that makes sense. does things Just because you're part of a cultural identity that does things a certain way doesn't mean you have to continue to do that thing the same way if there's trauma interwoven in how that thing is done. And I think that's the difference that um, a lot of second generation immigrant children have to understand and try to separate and compartmentalize is that there is culture here and there is also trauma here. These two things don't have to come together for me to be part of this particular cultural identity. So, for example, just because I am part of the Haitian culture, right, and, and that's this is me, I'm talking from my point of view, right, just because I'm part of the Haitian culture and in the Haitian culture, we don't talk about emotions and we internalize things and we don't tell each other how we feel, um, that doesn't mean that I have to do the same thing. That doesn't mean that I have to deal with that same coping mechanism, because that's intergenerational trauma. When I don't cope with things, because my parents didn't cope with things, because their parents didn't cope with things, and then I then do that to my children. That's what we want to stop, um, the cycle of. That's that's the trauma that we want to 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 keep from happening generation after generation. Um and it's hard because again it's interwoven into the culture. So if we just think well that's just how Haitian families do things, I just got to, you know, keep this going or do things in this way and that's um what makes me Haitian, then we're never going to get rid of it. <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing for you know um, immigrant parents who don't yet have the ability to see that this is unhealthy and it's just a part of the culture for them so they then uh, pass it down unknowingly right so they for them feel like you know that's what they know that's what they know to be true. That's what they know to be valid. That's what they know to function. So if that's what they know, that's what they're going to do. But us at sec- as second-gen immigrants, we know better. So we should be doing better, <laughs> you know? Um, if I know that these things are don't have to, to, to work together to be to be part of a culture, then I'm gonna do things differently so I can create what the culture looks like for me. So for this to not be something that we pass down, we have to understand how it actually gets passed down, okay? So like I was saying, intergenerational trauma happens when one generation passes something on to the next. There are traumas. And a lot of times the way that that gets passed down is them continuing something that is an unhealthy coping mechanism for them. So the example of a family or a culture not processing emotions, that's a way that they're passing down trauma. Right. So that generation didn't process their emotions. That wasn't something that they learned to do. So then the next generation, the same thing happens. They also don't process their emotions because that's not something that you do. And then that just keeps going on and on. And, you know, and it just gets passed down in that way so basically it gets passed down from the experiences happening over and over again so yeah um basically an, uh, allowing the, the patterns or the messaging to continue so if the messaging is to not do this then that's a thing that we're not going to do and it just gets passed down because that's what's normalized so sometimes messagings Um, And narratives get passed down. Patterns get passed down. And a lot of times culture, um, culture has a lot of patterns and certain conditions that are um, interwoven in it. So it's hard to remove the traumatic stuff, the adverse stuff from The pieces that are good, that are healthy, that you want to keep, that you that you want to, you know, uh, uh, perpetuate. But but yeah, if you have a narrative that you keep going, um, that's how that trauma can be passed down. So there's other narratives for different types of cultures that a lot of times can be traumatic. Um, I know there's a lot of cultures, including the Haitian culture, um, in immigrant cultures where there is a almost hierarchy in, uh, how women are, um, perceived and how men are perceived and a lot of the times the hierarchy is that men are the chiefs they are and then that's usually then and that's actually the word that's used in the Creole language is say garçon c'est chef right so men are the chiefs so they are almost they are basically above women in their, um, in how they're seen, in how they are accepted, in, in how they are, uh, uh, talked to and basically given all of the power. And women sometimes, women can be seen as lesser than, just like lesser than humans. And this is not talking about biblically and the, the, the headship of, of a, of a man versus, Um, The headship of a man and how it looks like in the household, which is a whole different another topic, how culture and Christianity happens and almost blurs the lines of what the Bible says versus what uh, the culture believes. Whole another topic. But just to be clear, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the literal, um, uh, the literal Putting the man on a pedestal as if they are a a more valuable human being than a woman. The lack of respect, the lack of value that is seen in a woman versus a man in uh, immigrant cultures, right? So if that's a cultural uh, narrative, then if it's if it's ha- if certain things are happening in um in a household, right? And another cultural narrative is to not talk about things that are happening in the household. I'm going to use a, an example, domestic violence, okay? Cuz domestic violence happens. So if a and domestic violence can a lot of times be perpetuated in um immigrant cultures if the narrative of men and their power is um, is there versus a woman and their lack of power and their lack of value, right? So if that's a narrative, and then another narrative is you don't talk about things that are happening in a household. That's a huge narrative in immigrant cultures, I think black cultures in general, black and brown cultures in general, that you don't talk about what's happening in the household. You you don't you don't address those things. Those are hush, hush. Right. So if those two narratives are happening, this is a a combination for a really uh, traumatic set of events. Right. So if domestic violence, which I think a lot of people would say is not. Uh, a healthy cycle is happening in the household. In one generation, we don't talk about it. We don't address it. That trauma gets passed on to the next generation, who may be dealing with the same thing, and then the next generation who ends up dealing with the same thing. We don't know how, right? Sometimes it's like, well, if the other generation uh, dealt with it, then why would the next generation deal with it again? Well, that trauma is normalized that way of being is normalized especially if it's a cultural context that is normalized so that's how it's passed down through through that messaging through the conditioning of being that this situation is normal especially if there's multiple narratives in that situation like with domestic violence right So, um, if we're going to normalize, uh, almost the dehumanization of a person or a group of people or a gender, then yeah, from one generation to the next, that's going to be what it is until, um, somebody realizes that that's not what it should be and starts to, have different conversations or actions or behaviors that changes that right another way that um intergenerational trauma sometimes gets passed down is actually genetics and there's more and more research that's done um that looks that has been done that looks into that um because trauma is a mind body thing A lot of issues that are mental health issues are mind-body things. And if you read books like um, The Body Keeps Score, that really talks about how trauma lives within our bodies. Um, Or It Didn't Start With You, that's another good book about trauma. And um, more and more research is looking into how trauma can change DNA. Um, and stay in within someone's cells and, and, and stay within somebody's DNA and then get passed down to another generation. Um, and even particular mental health issues um, have been shown. Well, I know that two mental health issues have been shown to be able to be passed genetically. One being schizophrenia, the other one being bipolar disorder. So, um, there isn't a complete um, a complete separation between mental health issues that come with trauma and it being passed down genetically. Um, more and more research is 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 shown that there are actual DNA modifications that that happen when a person d- goes through trauma. So it's um, it's it's not just messaging and 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 um and conditioning it can also sometimes be dna and i think there's there's a lot to to say about that when you when you look into uh how that's passed down because if trauma can be passed down through dna modifications happening then i think that there's also ways to 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 do the opposite, right? If you learn new things and have changed things within a generation, you can now also alter that and change that and pass down new ways. That's just me thinking and and, and I know that there's probably research that's already been done, but there's so much more research that needs to be done in that area as far as the way that DNA um, affects how um we show up and how a lot of it you know you can't you can't help especially if your if your dna has been modified or changed based on the trauma that you've been through the research already shows that intergenerational trauma mostly affects um mostly affects individuals of color so people of color are being affected by intergenerational trauma in heavy numbers. Um, And like I said, when you add culture to that, I feel like the transmission of it is is so much easier because you just bring the culture and you bring the trauma with it, you know. And you have to, to figure out how to separate those two things when it's just part of you know what you know and how you know how to be um but it's 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 affecting immigrant households because like the example that I talked about before um not being able to process your emotions going through traumatic things in the household and not being able to talk about it things that we know are not okay whether it's domestic violence whether it's sexual abuse whether it's physical abuse Um, whether it's emotional abuse, uh, these are the things that are hush hush, um, because it's just something that you just, you just don't bring up. You just, you just don't deal with, um, and you carry that with you and it has negative mental and physical effects. Um, trauma has been shown to affect Uh, black and brown people more negatively and also it affects our physical state more negatively as well so when we're impacted by trauma we are more likely than our white counterparts to have high blood pressure diabetes chronic illnesses in general um issues with pain Um, headaches, uh, those are the things that, um, heart disease, um, substance abuse problems, so those are the things that are impacting us physically by this intergenerational trauma that we're dealing with. So it's not just something that happens and then it goes away, it physically affects us as well as mentally affects us. So if you think about it, we're not just passing down um we're not just passing down mental health things, we're also passing down physical ailments, right? So why do you think in certain communities high blood pressure and heart disease is in such high numbers, right? And um you know, why do you think that substance abuse problems are in such high numbers, right? So if these things are not addressed, if we if these are things are that we don't even assess or look at, and we're not processing, we're passing down. Um, um, we're passing down unhealthy coping mechanisms, but we're also passing down physical ailments that are not good, that are killing us sooner and faster than other communities of people so yeah it is important to to understand the negative impacts of intergenerational trauma because it's affecting our communities heavy Um, it's unfortunate that we have to deal with trauma and also deal with uh, the negative effects of it and how it continues to perpetuate in our communities, but we're not having conversations about that. (laughs) We're not understanding the direct connection between trauma, um, trauma and lifelong debilitating ailments, you know, uh, Because yeah, studies, research actually shows that people who deal with trauma usually have these kind of ailments and usually their life expectancy is shortened. And when we talk about the negative effects, um, physically, there's also negative effects emotionally, mentally. And that looks like being extra sensitive to stress and not being able to handle that that looks like not being able to manage negative emotions so not knowing what to do when things go wrong or when when you have uncomfortable feelings not knowing how to cope with that that looks like falling into unhealthy habits um that really perpetuate and makes the trauma worse. So whether that's going into um, drugs or alcohol or other behaviors that are having negative impacts on our bodies and our mental. Um, but that looks like also depression. And feeling down and feeling sad because you don't know what to do with the feelings of shame or feelings of guilt that you may feel when certain situations happen and you don't know who to talk to about it. You can't talk to people about it, but you're just feeling it. That, that's what that looks like mentally when you're in Uh, When you're dealing with intergenerational trauma and you haven't been given the skills of how to get out of it. That looks like anxiety that builds up because there's a situation at hand that you don't know how to address because you've never been given the tools to talk about things that are hard. You haven't been given the tools to be vulnerable with anybody, so you just carry it with you until you combust. And then you have what some would say is a breakdown, a mental breakdown. That looks like dissociating. That happens. Um, And and that's basically not being, almost not being here, not being in your mind, being somewhere else and not having a connection with yourself. That's basically what dissociation is. When When you're almost not within your body. That can turn into some serious mental health issues. So these are all impacts of trauma. And you're not, and again, you're not not being affected by it because you didn't particularly deal with a direct traumatic event. You are affected by it because generations before you were affected by it. They didn't deal with it and they passed it down to you. That's how you're affected by it. That's daunting, man. That's daunting to think about how much stuff other people are passing down to you and how much stuff you have to carry and deal with and work through that's not even your doing. That can be really stressful to think about. I don't know about anybody else, but it is because when I think about some of the things that I've had to um, assess and, and and know for myself is is true and is part of my lineage, it's like, man, like there's been some stuff, you know? And sometimes you uncover it. A lot of times you uncover it as you're older, like much older, right? Like in your 30s. And it's like, well, why didn't I know about this before? Well, how could you if if the idea or if the belief is that we don't talk about these things? These things are not even true. Some people are not even going to admit that there's things things that happened, right? How is there anything to, to to discuss or talk about if these things are not a reality for some? So it can be daunting because I feel like I can think about so much things that need to be unpacked and unlearned and not carried on to the next generation, but for me, I, I have hope and I have hope that understanding for myself that I don't have to, um, I don't have to carry the Having hope for myself that I don't have to carry the traumas of my culture is what's going to get me out of it. Because I don't. I don't. Um, there's, no, there's nothing that tells me that I have to carry the traumas of my culture. I can have my culture and not have the traumas that come with it. And I could be a proud person of Haitian descent and not be proud of the traumatic crap that's part of my lineage. Who's gonna tell me different? Because I believe that to be true. I believe that I am much more than all the traumatic things that have held down people from my family. And it's not to say that, oh, my family is just uh so terrible and like we've been through so much stuff and we're like suffering. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, yeah, the trauma does exist um, and it wasn't dealt with in past generations that I know for a fact. So I know that I'm dealing with excess stuff that other people haven't dealt with. So I'm not going to... Pretend that it's not there like they did because they felt like they had to. I'm not going to do that because I know the only way that it's going to stop is if I acknowledge it. It does start with me. (laughs) You know, um, that's the thing about being a cycle breaker. It starts somewhere. And if you want to stop the cycle and you want it to a new type of positive conditioning cycle to start, then it have to start with you. Like you have to own that and be okay with that starting with you. Is it easy? Nah, it's not. It it really isn't. It isn't, but it isn't because you're fighting again, people who may not even admit that there's anything wrong. People who don't know what to do with the things that are wrong. People who don't have the tools to work through things that are wrong. Um, People who may try to stop you from talking about the things that are wrong. Um, You're dealing with all of that. And it can sometimes feel like you're by yourself. But I've, again have hope in knowing that I don't have to carry my cultural trauma with me and I can still be part of the culture period and for me that's taking intentional acts to unlearn the things that I know for me does not help me to be the best version of myself to unlearn the toxic patterns that do not allow me to be free to feel uh, a good sense of self to feel a good association with who I am it's about letting that stuff go so I could be free that that's what it is for me so yeah that's where my hope lies and um, I, I I really I really believe that uh, second gen can really um, can really lean into that and make that their uh, make that their cause make that their thing so that the culture can continue to elevate the culture can still be the culture but it may look different and that being okay so I think that's how we how we get out of it is just being okay with the culture looking a little bit different and still knowing that the culture is still there so let's continue this conversation and really get to you know how we work through these things you can continue the conversation on our YouTube page that's where we can really talk about what we're talking about today. Because I want I want to hear other points of view about how it's affecting you and your um, immigrant background. So thank you so much for joining into this conversation today and tuning into the podcast. If nothing else, I will see you all in the next one. If you found today's episode valuable or this podcast as a whole, I invite you to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment letting others know what you gained from this episode. This allows for our podcast to gain more visibility and for it to reach the people that want to hear this information. Also, we invite you to engage in the comments on the YouTube page, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can continue this rich conversation that we're having today.